0: celebrate yes this morning Yes, yeah, a one-off and uh, for this morning's thought or theme for the message this morning is looking to Jesus um, there are three, th- three things I'm going to look at this morning looking to Jesus we learn to worship looking to Jesus we learn to understand and looking to Jesus we learn to love um, why this well last week Steve spoke about building our lives on a good foundation in order to do this, we needed to do some digging down to find the rock on which to build our lives, in order to grow as Christians. This digging down can can simply be intentionally looking to Jesus, digging down into Him. Or, as some translations, to look is translated to turn. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, um, John is the person that's hearing the angel and he says, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Then it goes on to say, having heard that, he turned to see, not to hear. He turned to see. In actual fact, he had turned to see the voice that was speaking to him. Sometimes I wonder what had happened if John hadn't turned. You can just think about that at some stage. What might have happened if John hadn't turned? If he hadn't looked? So, for us, looking to Jesus becomes a decisive step that we take in any given situation. Even that turning becoming an act of repentance in certain circumstances. It's a turning away from and a turning to Jesus. So, this digging down that Steve told about last week, we're just going to do just a little bit of that digging down to find the rock on which to build our lives. When we're in trouble or difficulty, who do we look to? When we're afraid, who do we look to? When we are lonely, who do we look to? When we are sad, who do we look to? When we are dry in our spirit and life seems empty who do we look to when we've got to make an important decision in life who do we look to when we overstep the mark in our actions or our reactions who do we look to during this difficult time of covid and even today who are we looking to who are we looking there's so many resources out there in the world, in the field, so many helps for people, and yet for us as believers, and for others too, the real rock is Jesus. In every situation, we sing that song, in every circumstance of life, we can turn to Jesus. I just want to pick up on this thought of looking to Jesus, and the Bible has its only interpretation about what that really means um, we can bounce off a story from the Old Testament um, on the way to the promised land the Jewish community became grossly discontented and complained about Moses and God this was a serious issue and God sent what were called fiery serpents to the camp the serpents bit the people which led to death in turn In turn, the people asked Moses to pray for them, which he did. And God told Moses to make a brazen image of a serpent and put it on a pole. The people were simply to look at it if they wanted to live. This was both a command and an act of mercy, that they should look to this serpent and live and not die. It was an unusual direction from God, but miracle resulted from it. You know, there is... There is no immediate logical connection between merely looking at a serpent on a pole and living, or even refusing to look and then dying. But God commanded that such a foolish thing be used to bring salvation to Israel. Hundreds of years later, Jesus laid claim to this event in Moses' life as being a direct connection to his death on the cross, and that as a means to reconcile man to God. So what is the similarity between these two events? The people were saved not by doing anything, but by simply looking to the bronze serpent. They had to trust that something as seemingly foolish as looking at that serpent on a pole was enough to save them. Surely some did perish and die because they thought it too foolish a thing to do that. It is the same today. Many think it a foolish thing to look to Jesus in order to be reconciled to God. And Jesus said in John 3 As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. You know, the human heart will look in all sorts of places to find peace and to find an answer to what their aching and empty hearts are looking for. But pluralism, belief in anything and nothing, pluralism has no answer. But as Jesus said in our reading, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man is able to come to the Father but by me. i just want to ask you that question this morning, have you? come to the father through jesus the son have you given your life wholly to him have you looked to him have you turned to him because jesus said looking to him turning to him is that exclusive means of salvation he is the only way and so from looking to jesus to find salvation those three things we're looking to jesus to learn to worship In the story this morning of the prodigal son just to pick up some elements from that story the son found the journey to the father's heart and this morning it may be our desire as we dig deeper in jesus to find the way to the father's heart this journey to the father's heart it's exclusively in jesus You know the father in this in the video he didn't move an inch on being a father or the father despite the younger son's contempt for his father and the family despite our rejection our disobedience despite the opposition of many around us in our society today god doesn't stop being a father or the father he is still there for humanity he's still there For each one of us today that list i read earlier for each of those incidents which we may experience jesus is still there for us so not only did the father move an inch the character and greatness of the father was so impressive in his lostness the son still laid claim to the open door at home the character of his father and what he had back home was so impressive. The son said, well, I'm still free to go back. Nothing could stop me to go back to my dad. Nothing at all. Nothing can keep me from going home. His father was so impressive. And so to each one of us today, the character of God, his love for us, and his care for us is so impressive. What keeps us away from him? What keeps us away from him? He loves us so much strangely it was the food he was missing my even my servants have enough to eat and i'm hungry yeah derek that would appeal to you wouldn't it it would appeal to me the food back home was so impressive he wanted to go back he wanted to go back home just a little connection in psalm 23 david said you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies Something so wonderful provided for him in the presence of his enemies. And John, a few weeks ago, spoke, talked about loving our enemies. And in the presence of our enemies or difficult situations, God is still our father. He's there. He's always there. It was the food he was missing. The table of delights was so attractive. I want to go back. I want to go back. The fatted calf was an interesting bit in the story we read about. What was this fatted calf? This fatted calf was symbolic of the father's treasured and costly way of honoring the most important guest to his estate. And this is the son that showed contempt of him, thrown mud in his face. And this calf which is being kept for honoring the most important guest was killed for his son coming back home. I think that's so amazing. But that's how God looks at us. For our worst, he wants to give his best. For our worst, he has given his best. He's given Jesus. Another interesting point, the fatted calf was killed. Now, um, I'm not a Greek student or anything, and so I just look these things up. But um, it says there, and in the, in the, in the, the, the usual word for kill in the New Testament is the Greek word apoktieno. However, the word used for killing the fatted calf here is the same word for killing the, the sacrifice, the, the sacrificial lamb. It's the same word used for sacrificial lamb, if you know anything about the story of the lamb that was sacrificed. So in other words, this was a sacrifice the father. He was given something more than the fatted calf. He was giving something which was very treasured to himself for his son. And God has given his son his most treasured possession for each and every one. So what's this is saying? A celebration marked by sacrifice, it says what is it saying? Son you're worth it. Every penny of it. As I look around the room today, can you hear the heart of God, the journey to the Father's heart, son, daughter? You're worth it. Every penny of it, whatever it costs, it is for you. So the oldest son comes out, and um, he can't stand it. But this is not a party, as the older brother supposed, with his friend. He said, I've, I've not been able to celebrate with my, my friends. You haven't killed the fatted calf for me. I've not been able to celebrate. But what was being mirrored in this story was a greater aspect of people being received back into the care, into God's care. And Jesus said in Luke 15, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents, even one, the value of a soul to God, the journey to the Father's heart. That's worship. We learn to worship through Jesus. We learn to understand the journey to the Father's heart and to show our appreciation. I suppose the first and greatest demonstration of worship is to repent and to turn from ourselves Jesus the second thing is we learn to understand in the whole of that Luke John 14 <laughs> in the whole of John 14 there was clearly an impending need for Jesus disciples to move on in their understanding even now now song this morning we sung about digging down Steve's word to us last week, digging down. And it's quite clear the disciples had only dug down so far and not got very far. And so the disciples needed to move on in their understanding. In the previous chapter, Jesus predicts Peter's denial. He clearly didn't understand himself. Thomas didn't understand the way to the Father. Philip didn't understand the inherent glory of Jesus being the Father. And Judas, later on, didn't understand that not chucking precious pearls under the noses of those who knew nothing of their value. So Jesus said to Philip, Philip, you've been with me all this time and you still don't know me. I think as as church, we need to dig deeper in our understanding of Jesus And all that the bible teaches don't let it go don't let our opportunities go we need to dig down and understand it. don't let us be christians without understanding don't shout our mouth off on social media saying things which have little meaning and understanding let's speak with understanding let's learn with understanding and move on understanding i believe that jesus is the core and can be the core For expanding our thinking and understanding more to understand that to look to jesus is to know the father as jesus knew him jesus said you believe in god believe also in me to understand clear biblical teaching about love is another thing if we if we take notice of what people say in different situations in um, sorts of relationships that are unbiblical and sort of uh, ideas of God and ideas about relationships in life today, you find that the word love is used interchangeably and not definitively. It's just thrown out without understanding what it means. And I just want to say this because I think as Christians we need to clearly understand there are at least six different words for the word love. Our English translation doesn't have the same translations for the Greek which which our New Testament was written. Just quickly I want to say what they are. The first one is agape and it's a decisive as God, it's a decisive act as God for man and man for God to relate. It's an unconditional an unconditional love and it's a will to do the good of another then there's Eros the sexual, the sexual love there's philia friendship usually between equals storge I think it is as pronounced I don't know which is natural affection like between parents and children and philosia self love, love for self and xenia which is hospitality another form of love I'm not a student, but I think the fact is we need to understand the love of God. Understand. Jesus brings understanding. The other thing to understand is our privileged gift of the presence of Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. just want to read a little story to you. Robert Cornwall was a pastor of a small church of Salem, Oregon. He decided to volunteer some of his time to offer counseling at a nearby state mental institution. His first assignment was building 37, a room that housed 37 of the most severely mentally disturbed patients. The guard escorted Robert to the building and unlocked the door to the padded cell containing half-clothed patients incapacitated by their drugs with excrement all over the room when he tried to talk with the patients all he got was groans and grunts the Holy Spirit prompted him to sing over the patients so he found a space on the floor free from excrement and urine and started singing yes Jesus loves me the Bible tells me so he sang that one refrain for a full hour before the guard unlocked the door to collect him. He returned the following week and the week after. On the third week, whilst he sat on the floor singing the same refrain, a large lady approached him and began encircling him like a predator, circling prey. Robert carried on singing and the lady eventually sat down next to him and joined the chorus. Week by week, the patients joined in with the singing. By the end of the month, 36 of the patients had been transferred from Building 37 to a self-help world. And by the end of the year, all but two had been released from the mental institution. Many of them began worshiping at Robert's local church. There are definitely easier ways to grow your local church But what blows me away about this story is the power of the Spirit to transform and bring life. And that highlights many answers to the message this morning. The journey to the Father's heart is through Jesus, finding life and hope. The last thing we learn, too, and this is my final point, learning to love. Through Jesus, we actually learn to love. As a young married man, I didn't find it easy to spend time and show love to my children. And um, I had to learn to do that. And sometimes we find it difficult to love different people. But the whole basis of that through Jesus and through our relationship with the Father, Jesus was creating an atmosphere of love. As he washed the disciples feet in john 13. his empathy with peter's presumption and subsequent denial he wanted to help them to understand deeper things jesus empathy and concern for his disciples not to live with troubled hearts and as jesus himself raised the point of essential love demonstrated through obedience is also a reminder that we show the world where his disciples by loving one another. And the church has a voice, has a strong voice, if what we do as we serve him is done in love. Father, we just thank you that we could be on this journey to your heart this morning through Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you just help us to come closer and dig deeper and to know your blessing and help in our lives we pray i was just going to song our last song let your glory fall and we just pray that as we sing this father let your glory fall in this place